Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting Pops on the River, an outdoor concert experience with songs from the Eagles featuring the Seven Bridges Band and the entire symphony. June 1st at McGrath Amphitheater. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Wednesday. It is the 15th of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. A continuing resolution passed by Congress back in September provides funding for food assistance programs, even if the government shuts down this week. That means the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program and benefits for women, infants, and children are fully funded through December. But a drawn-out shutdown could cut off SNAP and WIC funds and escalate food insecurity. Thomas Grimion with the Consumer Federation of America says losing SNAP could ripple into everyone's life. 41 million Americans receive SNAP benefits. If they're not able to shop in the stores where they normally shop, that's going to be very disruptive to the industry. And you may see you know, the industry making adjustments and having to, to raise prices as a result. Grimion says on average, SNAP and WIC programs provide about $2 per person per meal. A Polk County District Court judge has ruled a law allowing Iowans garbage to be searched by police without a warrant is unconstitutional. IPR's Katerina Sestarek reports. Two years ago, the Iowa Supreme Court banned police from searching trash left outside people's homes without first getting a warrant. The Iowa legislature tried to reverse that last year by passing a law that says police can search garbage for evidence of crimes without a warrant. But Polk County Judge Michael Huppert ruled Monday that law is void because state lawmakers overstepped their authority by going against the Supreme Court. Huppert decided evidence obtained in two defendants' garbage bags as part of a drug possession case can't be used in a trial. A spokesperson for the Polk County Attorney's Office says they're reviewing the ruling and will discuss the possibility of an appeal with the Iowa Attorney General's Office. The Iowa Association for Justice says this ruling was inevitable because it's not the legislature's job to interpret the Constitution. A sentencing hearing is underway for Jeremy Goodale, one of two teens who pleaded guilty in the murder of Fairfield Spanish teacher Noema Graber. Earlier this year, Goodale and Willard Miller admitted to killing Graber while she was walking in a city park. They were 16 years old at the time of the attack in November of 2021. Judge Sean Showers heard testimony yesterday from detectives who described how Goodale assisted Miller to carry out the attack. The hearing is expected to conclude today. In July, Miller was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Waterloo's newest grocery store has received $5,000 to continue its efforts in erasing a neighborhood food desert. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer has that story. All-in Grocers has been open for only a month, but in that time it has created jobs, opened a community center, and now is taking another step toward fixing its neighborhood's nearly 50-year designation as a food desert by the USDA. In partnership with Molina, a Medicaid insurance provider new to Iowa, the store distributed 100 food vouchers to 50 community members on Tuesday. All-in owner Rodney Anderson said the vouchers will go a long way to lifting his community spirit. This partnership is something that's going to help the community of folks who couldn't otherwise probably afford certain things and uh, been looked down upon. We're going to go ahead, we're going to pick them up, not put them down. Anderson went on to say the store may be working on long-term health and nutrition-related projects with the provider. Currently, 34 percent of Blackhawk County residents are eligible for SNAP benefits. And the Des Moines Area Regional Transit Authority has scheduled a series of public meetings to gather input on possible service cuts. DART is facing a $4 million deficit by fiscal year 2025 unless it can find a funding source outside of property taxes. 
Dart wants the city to raise the franchise fee, which is charged to electric, gas, cable TV, and other systems for using public streets and alleys to provide service in Des Moines. Should the city council reject the fee hike, Dart would consider cutting service by up to 40 percent over the next five years. The first of six scheduled meetings is on the evening of November 30th at the Northwest Community Center on Franklin Avenue. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. Public health departments have lots of issues to deal with, from dipping childhood vaccination rates to teen mental illness and overdose deaths. And the key players who do this work say they are underfunded and burnt out. Side Effects Public Media's Noah Taborda reports many local public health departments in the Midwest are struggling with limited resources and deepening public mistrust since the pandemic. Getting a one-year-old ready for her vaccinations. Charlotte Square prepares vaccines for dozens of kids and adults each day. She's going to get a DTAP today, a pneumonia shot, a hip shot. Um, and a hepatitis A, which will be five injections. Square is an immunization nurse um, at the Wyandotte County Health Department Clinic in Kansas City. Counting other roles, she's been with the department for nearly two decades. But these days, Square notices things are different. There aren't quite as many people coming into the clinic for appointments, especially children. Square says this is the sharpest drop in appointments she's seen since before the pandemic. She says that goes for everything from COVID vaccines to measles, mumps, and rubella. One of my goals is to work with the school nurses on bringing those students back in. So the going to outreaches, that's going to help a great deal. Square believes schools getting pushback on their vaccination requirements and misinformation worsened by the pandemic are some of the reasons why less people are rolling up their sleeves for the jabs. And it's a nationwide issue. Compared to the 2020-2021 school year, vaccine coverage dropped nearly a full percent for all vaccines. That's nearly 30,000 less kids vaccinated. Adrian Casalotti is with the National Association of County and City Health Officials. She says local health departments play a critical role in making sure people are properly vaccinated. They all do a lot of education around the importance of vaccines, and then they work also to try and ensure that there's access where you might not see it. So they help bring vaccines to make it easier so that you don't have to plan your day around it. But these health departments are fighting an uphill funding battle. They saw federal and state governments pump money in during the pandemic. Now, most of that is gone. Even the leftover funding is likely not usable for other public health efforts because it's earmarked for COVID. And if she should have a reaction, I do have an EpiPen here that I would have to use on her. And in Kansas City, departments are picking up the pieces of the pandemic in hopes they can rebuild public trust and decrease this hesitancy and misinformation. But limited resources stand in the way of that. Ray DeLugalike is with the Jackson County Health Department, He says the public has to be on the same page to ensure proper support and investment flow into health departments. It definitely requires a larger public discourse about, you know, what we value as a society and where we're going as a society as it pertains to, you know, growth and expectations of life and and ability to have a quality life. At least 30 states, including Iowa, Indiana, Missouri, Kansas and Kentucky in the Midwest, have a limited public health authority in some way. Couple that with burnout and limited resources, and you get a mass exodus. 
DeLuca Leike estimates only one-fifth of Jackson County's workforce remains from before the pandemic. And at least three directors have left their posts since COVID in the metro area alone. Charlie Hunt is the director of the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment. We have to really help build up and maintain an adequate public health infrastructure that we can respond to whatever comes along uh, so that we can be better prepared for the next pandemic. He says to do the day-to-day work, departments need a strong foundation. Right now, they have to take a piecemeal approach. I'm Noah Taborda, SideFX Public Media. Side Effects Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest, including IPR News, exploring the effects of place, policy, and economics on Americans' health. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them.